Hey guys, it's Sim and this is Brussling Unlimited as it's Wednesday and you know what that means. It means tonight was AEW Dynamite. As far as tonight's AEW Dynamite does go, a lot of stuff actually happened on this show. Like we've got stuff growing for Forbidden Door. We've got some Ring of Honor stuff building on this show and stuff for post Forbidden Door. A lot of things happened, especially in the last, what, four minutes of this show. It opened really strong, had a decent middle, and ended really strong as well. That's what I would say. But we've also got Luke over here. Luke, what would you think of tonight's show? Honestly, I thought it was an okay show. I mean, they did a good job of, like, building stuff up for Forbidden Door. That's what I liked. But I kind of feel like it was a little bit of a roller coaster of a show. Like, started off good, and it was like, eh, this ended really strong. Like, that's what I would say. So we've still got one dynamite and two collisions and two rampages, if you want to say that, to build up stuff for this Forbidden Door pay-per-view. And we only have four matches so far announced. So they got to do some more work. Because how many matches were on last year's show? Um, for Forbidden Door. Okay, why is this not? Forbidden Door last year had... Four pre-show matches and one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine main card matches. That's 13 matches in total. We've only got three right now. No, four. Four, four, four. We only got four right now. So if they're going to do that many matches again, they're going to get cracking. Maybe nine main card matches. They haven't really been doing mm, pre-show stuff. They did one on the last show. But other than that, not really much by way of pre-show, so we'll see if they can get to that number nine. They've got time, but they don't have a lot of time, in my opinion. I mean, as far as the pre-shows do go, they can just announce those, like, off TV. They can just announce yeah. that on social media. Exactly. They doesn't really have to necessarily be any, like, build to any pre-show True. matches. As far as, like, the only matches they should announce, obviously got to do something for the women, though what they need to do right i assume oh i got it willow versus ruby for the strong title that's what i was thinking earlier yeah that would that would be fun that's what i mean they got the tag match on collision this week so you can either build it and set it during that match or next week on dynamite or collision so i think that can be one of hopefully not the only but one of the women's matches and they should probably they need to do like a, a tag team match. I don't think we have any tag matches yet. No. Nothing so far. Nothing for the Young Bucks. Nothing for Hangman Page. There's a lot of people. Again, only four matches announced with eight wrestlers. So not a lot left or not a lot set. But with that, I want to say thank you guys for joining us here. Whether that's on Twitch, whether that's on YouTube, or you're listening on podcast services all around the globe, like Stitcher, Spotify, Google Pod, Apple Pod, Anchor, iHeartRadio, and so much more. Remember, if you are watching live on Twitch, you can help us out a couple of different ways. You can help us out by hitting that donate button down below, or by donating Twitch bits in the live chat. Also remember, you can help us out by subscribing to the channel one of two different ways. You can either subscribe with a tiered subscription, or you can subscribe with Amazon Prime, because remember, if you have Amazon Prime, then you have Prime Gaming. Prime Gaming gives you a lot of cool things like free games, free stuff, 
four games, and you always get one free subscription to any Twitch channel you want to subscribe to throughout the month. And I'd greatly appreciate it if you did right here, Pro Wrestling Unlimited. Also remember to head over to YouTube and become a channel member by hitting that join button right down below. Finally, head over to the Epic Game Store. Head over to the Epic Game Store and buy something. Whether you're pre-ordering Payday 3, whether you're claiming Payday 2 for free, which you only got till tomorrow to do so, or you're getting into that new season of Fortnite, use this code right down here. PW Unlimited at checkout, and you will be supporting us at no extra cost. Again, use code PWUNLIMITED at checkout, and you will be supporting us at no extra cost. So, with that, how much is Payday 3 going to be? Only 40 bucks. Not a bad price for that game. If it's as good as Payday 2, and I'm all for it because I love Payday 2. But with that, guys, we've got Dynamite to talk about that did kick off with an Eliminator match. MJF versus Adam Cole. And I'm like, oh, okay. Didn't expect this to open the show. But now we know why it opened the show. We know we know why the six-man six man tag had to main event because everything that went on with that match. But they opened up the show. And he immediately get MJF and Adam Cole to the ring. Now, they gave us a pay-per-view quality match. And I was talking with somebody about this match. About all the spots and the big moves and this and that. And I go, they're cool. They're very unnecessary at times. And the one thing that I'm not a huge fan of is doing so many of this kind of stuff on TV. Because then when they do it on pay-per-view, it's not as special. Like doing the big... MJF elbow drop from the top to the floor. Doing the tombstone on the apron, the German suplex on the... Like, those are all cool spots. But you do... I think they do a little too much on television to where when they do them on pay-per-view, it's like, oh, yeah, we, we saw this two weeks ago on Dynamite. That's just my opinion and how they, they book their television matches. But as far as the matches go, MJF mocked Cole early on with a Fargo strut and a Rick Rude hip swivel before narrowly dodging a Cole superkick, taking the early powder. Uh, jumping the rail into the crowd at one point happened. MJF threw popcorn at a fan and knocked the hat off of his head, slapping him in the face, kind of. And then we got, oh my God. Did you see some of the people talking about MJF slapping the fan? Uh, I did not see that. I mean, I don't think he slapped the fan. So people were saying MJF slapped the fan and this guy should sue. Why? I mean, was Demon looked that upset. I know. I got someone DMing me like crazy going, oh my God, ADW is going get, to get shut down. They're going to get sued because MJF slapped a fan and they're going to lose millions. And then, I'm not going to name names, but one website writes a story saying, Oh, MJF's gone too far this time. I mean, come on. I don't know. He's done worse. He's done worse. He threw tequila on a kid. Granted, he thought it was water, but still, he threw a drink on a kid. Yeah, he's done worse, of course. But yeah, people going online going, Oh, this guy should sue. Oh, AEW's going to get shut down if this guy sues him for millions. This guy's going to get the bag. And da 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 I'm like, no. Literally, I had somebody DM me and go, 
If this guy sues AEW, could they put MJF in jail for assault? I said, first no. off, first off, no one's gonna sue. And secondly, he would not get put in jail for assault because even if someone tried to sue, nothing would happen. This guy literally told me, literally said, I would sue them so fast that they wouldn't have been able to finish that match. Well, first off, that's not how filing a lawsuit works. So this guy's a freaking moron and an idiot. And then he said that he would sue them so so bad that MJF would be paying his kids just to finish paying this lawsuit. He's like, MJF would have to pay my kids to finish paying the lawsuit after I'm dead. He's like, I'd have emotional damage and distress and PTSD and, and all this kind of stuff from it. I'm like, yeah, shut the, shut the hell up. You're a moron. This guy was literally DMing me this. I'm like, yeah, you're a moron. Why am I even talking to you? And like, I was barely responding and he's just sending message after message after message after message. I'm like, okay, eventually I didn't respond at all because it just got ridiculous. This guy trying to tell me what the fans should do and what he would do if he was the fan. And now he'd never have to work another day in his life because MJF would be paying him every day. I'm like, come on. <laughs> so ridiculous. Even if the guy did sue, he's not going to win the case. No, nothing's going to come of it. And it's going to happen. He didn't really lay, he didn't really lay hands on the guy. He no. touched the hat. He touched the hat and accidentally maybe graced his glass. He, he, I will say, he hit the hat, and the guy's glasses kind of went like that a little bit, like up uh, like this a little bit. The guy's glasses did move a little bit on his face, but he didn't assault him. There was no blood drawn or anything. Well, you don't have to draw blood for it to be a, an assault charge, but it wasn't an assault charge. Hell, for all we know, the guy was probably like, oh, damn, they just made me part of the show. That's how I would see it. I wouldn't have complained. I would kind of be like happy. It's like you're I part mean, of the show. The worst. You can complain a little and try to get some like free shirts out of it. At the worst. But no one's going to sue. Shirts and some autographs. Yeah, no one's going to sue though. I would be okay with free shirts and autographs. Right. So as far as the match, back to it. Uh, back inside the ring, MJF got an eye rake. But Trash talked too long and Cole turned the tables, backdropping MJF to the floor. MJF tripped up Cole in the ring on the ring apron and targeted his left arm. He tried to soften it up by going for the salt of the earth. MJF drove Cole to the mat and a, uh, hit him with a pump handle, half Nelson driver, and then mocked the uh, Shawn Michaels pose. But instead of him hitting a sweet chin music, well, Cole hit... Him with the sweet chin music, and MJF was bleeding pretty good from the mouth. I don't know. To me, it looked like a blood pack. Especially when they showed the replay, and you could see how hard MJF was trying to keep his mouth closed before he, like, went down. It felt like a blood pack to me. Especially with how much blood was just <sighs> juicing out of that. So, I could be wrong. And maybe he bit his cheek, or I don't know. But the, the amount of blood that came out so quickly, to me, felt like he bit down on a blood pack. Or a blood capsule, or like, whatever you want to call it. Later on, and later on on the show, like, when he was talking just fine, if, if his, like, cheek was, like, gushing out that much blood, well, cause, you could almost not talk. Right. Well, it would hurt to talk. Excalibur or Taz, one of the two, I don't remember who it was, kept going, oh, he must have lost a tooth. 
He's bleeding so much, he must have got a tooth knocked out. I'm like, ah, I don't know about that. Did you really be bleeding that much of a tooth if you got a tooth knocked out? I don't think so. You want to know something? We were at my son's baseball uh, tournament a week and a half ago, two weeks ago now. No, a week and a half ago. And my daughter had a really loose tooth. I literally grabbed a pair of pliers out of my camera bag and went, yank, yanked your tooth out on the, like behind the dugout at the baseball field. No blood. No blood at all. And he yanked her tooth right out with a pair of pliers at the baseball game. No blood. How loose was it? Was it oh, like just I didn't I probably didn't need the pliers, but it was like a far back tooth and I couldn't get it with my finger. So I grabbed the pliers just to get into it. But like literally, I I pliers right here. I literally like pretend my fingers the tooth. Literally, I was just like got it on there. Barely squeezed like this, if at all, and it just came out. Like, I didn't even pull. It was like, pop. And then I was just, she, like, moved her head back a little, and it was out. Like, I didn't even pull. No one really pulled it. It was that loose to where it just needed a little bit of pressure, and boom. Oh, then there's probably no blood drawn for that. Though. Yeah, but <laughs> since Saturday says, what? You pulled the tooth with pliers? I pulled, like... Five teeth out of my kid's mouth with pliers. My dad used to pull our teeth out with pliers. He'd be like, we'd be sitting there and be like, oh, this tooth is really loose. Yeah, this tooth is about to fall out. My dad would just walk up and go, want me to get it? Okay. And he'd just yank it out with pliers. I mean, I've even had, you know, I've done the whole tie string or whatever to it. Get the door and slam the door and pull your tooth out. I've done that before, too. Dad would just get a paper towel and just grab the tooth and yank it out. Yeah. You don't want to get anything on your fingers. You just grab the pliers and yank it. I've never tried the door thing when I was little, though. We did it once. I should have and just see I what did, happens. I did it once when I was younger. Um, Cole battle back with some offense using his good arm and connecting with a backstabber for a two. MGF avoided a pattern on sunrise attempt, but Cole turned in... But Cole, in turn, dodged the heat seeker. MGF answered with a nasty double blunder, double underhook shoulder breaker. But as he tried to go for another, Cole hit a kneecap brain buster, followed by Yushiguroshi for a two. Also, there was a guy in like the second row who every time it would be like a two and a half, he'd throw up the sign that said 2.5. I don't know if you noticed the guy. I noticed him. I mean, it was hard not to see him. Cole wanted to go for the Kaforta key. Excuse me, Florida Keys on the apron. But MJF ultimately countered into a tombstone pile driver on the hardest part of the ring. But they didn't have the best camera angle there. And you can see when he goes for the tombstone that here's pretend the top of my microphone is the ap- is the apron side of the ring. Cole's head was m- probably like this far up. You could see it from that camera angle. Nowhere near. So if you were in the building, it looked brutal probably. It looked hard. But watching on TV, you're like, oh, his head was at least a foot up. Uh, this then led to a picture-in-picture break. MJF let Cole slowly recover, as eventually Cole tried to go for the boom, but MJF flattened him with a lariat into a double-down and a loud ovation from the crowd. Both men took turns, countering some submissions, including a crossface, assaults of the earth, an ankle lock, and a bell lock. MJF spiked Cole with a heat seeker at one point as referee Bryce Renberg checked on Cole, and MJF cleared the ring attendance table and then set Cole on it. MJF then went to the top rope and hit a massive elbow drop from the top. 
MJF then wanted a count-out victory, but Cole just barely got back in the ring. MJF wanted uh, went after Cole on the apron, but was planted with the Florida Keys, Florida Keys straight jacket suplex. In the ring, Cole went for a Panama Sunrise, but MJF suckered Cole to another to the other side of the ring and hit a double stomp on the ar- injured arm. MJF barked at the referee that your count is too slow. Cole then rolled up MJF, who knocked Cole into the referee. MJF grabbed the AEW title, tried to do the Eddie Guerrero spot, but Bryce face-planted and never saw Cole with the title, who clobbered MJF with it before lowering the boom and getting a close two. Cole then pulled him. MJF grabbed the official and mule-kicked Cole right in the balls, putting the Dynamite Diamond ring on. MJF went for the home run shot, but Bryce stopped him and ripped the ring off his finger as Cole hit a super kick, a Panama Sunrise, and the boom. As he's going for the count, or as he's going for the pin, all of a sudden we hear ding ding ding, and the match is over because it had hit the 30-minute time limit draw. So there we go. Nobody wins. And Adam Cole grabs the mic. He looks at MJF and he says, five more minutes. MJF kind of looks around and leaves. And why would he think MJF's going to give him five more minutes anyways? Like, MJF's a smarmy little heel. I mean, uh, the smart thing to do is not do anymore. It's to walk away and follow the rules. The rules are 30 minutes. Well, why give him extra? What do you think of the match? I thought the match itself was really good. Fantastic opener. Was I thought it was a good match to like get the fans all hyped up. Yep. Do you really are you are you like a big fan of those like time limit? Oh, like normally Not, they never really like. So sometimes like, normally go for it. Go for it. You oh. can go. So sometimes yes, like when we had the ones with Omega and what was it Omega and Danielson, and then we had the Danielson Hangman one. I think those ones were fine. But when it's in this match, where we know Cole is eventually going to get a title shot, I didn't like that because it's like, oh. So eventually Cole's going to get the shot, but he didn't win the Eliminator. So what kind of stupid storyline are they going to do to get him the title shot? Like, we know he's going to probably be the next in line, not counting Forbidden Door. So what do they do to say, oh, well, you didn't beat MJF, so now we're going to do this instead to get you the... I don't know. I wasn't a fan of it in this match because we know where it's all leading to anyways in the end. But then I also get it. They didn't want to beat MJF. Oh, no. I didn't, I didn't really like, like this one because now it's like it just hurts Adam Cole a little bit. Now it's like, all right, they're probably going to do something stupid and give Adam Cole like a stupid way of giving him the title shot. Exactly. Like like they did with that Fatal 4-Way one. Like, really? But that was like, well, well, last year, he lost the title match to Hangman and was just like, huh, I want another shot. And they just gave him another shot. So it's almost kind of the same thing. You didn't beat MJF to earn your shot, so what's going to happen? You're just going to say, I should get it anyways? Like, I don't know. I guess we'll have to see it play out, but I, I don't have high hopes. Or honestly, they can do like, NJF did with like a lot of his opponents in the past, just like keep like picking guys to you like to earn it. Turns like if you want another shot at me, you gotta like go through all these guys. Now, one way they can do it, 
is if Adam Cole somehow wins like a number one contenders match, whether it's a battle royal, whether it's a singles, a four-way, a three-way, if he like beats other people to earn the shot in a number one contenders scenario, that would be fine. But I just don't want to see him come out and be like, ah, I didn't lose though, so uh, I should still get the shot, you know? Rule state, you got to pin or foul your opponent. Yep. Draws don't count as victories. Exactly. So then we had a CM Punk video package hyping up this first episode of Collision. Punk was training and said there are still things left to do. Punk says that he has a lot to get off his chest at the debut of Collision. So I feel like, like I have a feeling Punk's going to pin Juice and win that main event. Then he's going to get a mic and start talking, and then something's going to happen. I don't know what. Maybe Kenta comes out and challenges him for Forbidden Door, but I feel like that's how it's going to go down. He's going to get the pin, probably pinning Juice, and then cut a promo. Probably. It's, I mean, I bet you the match is probably just going to be like 10 minutes. It's just probably just going to like... Probably gives Punk and FTR just like a bunch of big moments, and Ojo... So bullet clip gold are probably gonna get any. So it's a moments. So it's a two-hour show, and only five things have been announced so far. So I could see that match maybe getting a little more than ten minutes, but I, I see where you're coming from, though. Kind of like the same thing they did for like when Omega returned. Like mm. it was mainly just they're just giving them like so many moments where like right. Like Andrade, Dragon Lee, and Roosh barely had any moments whatsoever. So then we had a Sammy Guevara segment. Correct me if I'm wrong. This is leading to Sammy versus Jericho, right? It has to. <laughs> Renee Paquette introduces the soon-to-be father, Sammy Guevara. Sammy comes out and says that in recent weeks, he's had the highest of highs and the lowest of lows. The highest of highs from his wife, Ty Mello, announcing that they're pregnant with a baby girl to the lowest of lows of losing the four-way and almost not, they're not becoming the AW World Champion. Guevara said that he's going to make some changes. But before he could follow up on what those changes would be, out would come Darby Allen. Allen congratulated Guevara on the baby announcement and said that the crowd seems to love him again, which got a mixed reaction. There were some cheers, but still more boos than cheers. Allen asked if Guevara was going to continue to be a follower in the Jericho Appreciation Society, following in Jericho's footsteps, or do his own thing. This is when Jericho would come out before he can respond. Jericho asked Guevara why he never asked him for help on his quest to the AEW title. Guevara said that he had Jericho, Guevara said, had Jericho called him, Jericho wouldn't have lost to Adam Cole twice. Jericho demanded an apology, but Guevara refused as Jericho said maybe they need to reunite the Les Sex Gods next week, have a tag match to remind Guevara who the boss really is. And I'm like, oh my God, another one of these, you work for me, I'm your math storylines. I hate this shit. Recon uh, so, is your boss. Exactly. Jericho. Alan laughed and told Jericho the magic is gone as Jericho was insulted saying he and Guevara should beat down Darby two-on-one. Allen said he's not alone, and Sting made his way to the ring. Jericho and Sting then had a slight face-to-face for the first time in their careers as both took turns raising their baseball bats. 
Jericho then went to retreat and told Guevara to come with him, but he didn't follow. This turned into a pretty fun segment-ish. It was a little annoying at times, but it wasn't bad. And yeah, I think it's going to lead to Sammy versus Jericho, potentially at all in. I think next week it's going to be uh, Darby and Sting against Sammy and Jericho, where like Sammy's just going to walk away from the match and Jericho's going to get the crap beaten out of I can so. see it. Especially when Darby's like, wait, a tag match? You guys need someone for a tag match? It's probably going to lead to Jericho versus Sammy at All Out. You think All Out and not All In? All In's first. And they haven't technically either, announced either all in yet. Fine. Yeah. Then we got a, one's fine though. Yeah. Then we got a surprise video from the IWGP World Champion Sonata. Sonata basically said that he will be coming to Forbidden Door, and he is issuing an open challenge with his title on the line. He asks for anybody on the AW roster to answer the challenge. Fast forward. We learn later on it's going to be Jungle Boy versus Sonata for the title. Here's the one thing I don't like about a lot of these, you know, forbidden door matches. They're predictable. We know MJF's going to beat Tanahashi. We know that Sonata's going to beat Jungle Boy. For the most part, they're predictable because I could see Danielson and Okada going either way. And I can see Omega and Osprey going either way. But I think it's going to be Osprey because Omega already won the first match. And I don't think they go Omega 2-0. I'd say it'd have to be Osprey, so that way you can have Kenny just going back to regular things with AEW. Oh, no. They can now have, have him focus on the Don Collis. No, no, no. The real but, reason, the up. real reason Osprey needs to win is because then the third match, the rubber match, could be like either the main or the semi-main of the all-in show in London. That would be cool, but I'm really hoping bringing Kota Ibushi to do Omega versus Ibushi at All In. Doubt it. I think he would team with Omega before going against him. Well, they could do maybe a tag match for sure. that. Maybe, maybe Golden Lovers versus Takesha and somebody mm -hmm. else, and then Ibushi turns on Omega. Possibly. That would be a Fantastic storyline right there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, you left me in Japan so you can go to AEW. The Golden Lovers lead to the Golden Breakup. Then we had Nate Man Tag. Zorge Cassidy, Darby Allen, Sting, and Keith Lee against the Mogul Embassy. To say that this was nothing more than a spot fest kind of match, that's all it really was. I didn't really care for this match at all. It was just two guys are in the ring. They do a spot. Somebody else jumps in and does a spot. And that person gets knocked down. Somebody else jumps in and does a spot. That person gets knocked Somebody else jumps in. I wasn't a big fan of this match. Honestly, kind of getting bored of Orange Cassidy. I'm not even saying Orange. It was just the whole structure of the match was kind of just meh. So... Excuse me. Bless you. Um, early on, for some reason, I think I might know why this happened. But a big 
N-O was on the screen. And I think what may have happened was they were trying to throw a graphic on the screen. And when they did, the graphic didn't appear. And it was like a generic symbol for their system that just like no file could be found or something. But an N-O was on the screen at one point, which is kind of weird. Also, Brian Cage out here being Surfer Sting with face paint. I thought that was kind of funny. He said, yeah, someone tweeted, like, the guy who did uh, Brian Cage's, like, attire and stuff. He said, yeah, that was a whole tribute to Sting. Very nice. Let's start off really quick here. Cage rocking Sting, uh, some Sting-inspired gear. As Taz brought up the past between Cage, Sting, and Allen during the Team Taz feud. Cage caught Cassidy's dive as Allen hit a code red on Strickland, but was crotched in the ropes before a coffin drop. But we saw 30 seconds of action before we go to a picture-in-picture break, which I didn't see this one. So it's weird. The TBS app, or the website, whatever you want to call it, because it's the same thing, will show some of the picture-in-picture, but then some it'll just give us commercials. And it's not any rhyme or reason. It's just sometimes we get the picture-in-picture, and sometimes we don't. Um, I wonder what the reason is, though. Yeah, I don't know. At one point, when coming back, we saw Daniel Garcia watching... And Allen blocked the JML driver at one point, but Strickland, by Strickland, into a top rope stunner. Lee then made a hot tag and ran wild, finally getting these hands on Strickland until Cage cut off Lee in the corner, and the Mogul Embassy hit a triple-assisted powerbomb double stomp. Cassidy and Allen broke up the pin as Cassidy hit a DDT on Strickland, but Cage answered with an F of five. Everyone took turns hitting big moves, and Sting could not be whipped from one side of the ring to the other. Literally, I think it was Khan is his name. Went to grab Sting and whip him from one corner to the other. And Sting maybe made it three quarters before he had to like stop himself and grab the top rope. Because he couldn't run all the way across the ring. You're done, bud. You're done. Um, Khan, Khan did hit a splash, though, kind of awkwardly because like Sting was half in the corner when he did it. But whatever. Match broke down with Lee launching guys to the floor. Allen hit a coffin drop to the outside as Cage tried for another F5, but Simon Sting, but Cassidy hit an orange punch with Sting following this up. The Scorpion death drop for the victory. So there we go. The baby faces pick up the win. And oh yeah, Dustin Rhodes was at ringside because him and him and Lee are a tag team now. Well, they've been for a while. What's their tag team name? Or is it like Naturally Limitless? Because he's the That's natural stupid. Dustin Rhodes, and he's limitless Keith Lee. I hate these random tag teams. <laughs> Uncle Hook. Or Joe. I mean, really? Yeah. Ray Paquette's backstage with the guns. This sucked big tits. Um, she asked them about their relationship with the Bullet Club, and they're like, hey, we don't like to talk about other people. Let's talk about ourselves and play dumb and say we're the best brother tag teams in AEW and we want to challenge another brother tag team that does that ding, 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 ding. so next week we want to challenge them and that was it so I guess the guns versus the Hardys next week cool whatever one thing I didn't like about this is that like went from like alright they're going to start something new we're going to do some stuff with Bullet Club and then now it's like let's forget them go back to the Hardys I'm like Right? They just finished up with the Hardys. Now you're going back to them? I mean, come on. Then we had a TNT title match. It was Wardlow versus Jake Hager. 
Wardlow won. Cool. Match wasn't all that great. It was fine. I mean, it was solid match between the two, but I wouldn't call it like a great title match or anything. <clears throat> it was just kind of like Wardlow an opponent. Yeah, Hager ran out. Hager ran out and attacked Wardlow from behind during his entrance on the ramp. And he was in control for about 30 seconds till Wardlow took over. Hager was backdropped to the floor and leveled with the charging clothesline as this was one of the few times a babyface remained in control for almost the entire picture-in-picture break. At one point, Wardlow rolled through and connected with the spine buster, but as he went for a powerbomb, Angelo Parker and Matt Menard came to ringside. Hager then chop-blocked Wardlow as Arn Anderson was about to pull out the finger guns and go armed, armed Anderson until Brock Anderson ran out and fought off Parker and Menard to the back with his father. So that brought um, Arn to the back. Hager was clotheslined to the floor, and Wardlow hit a slingshot dive before connecting with a swanton bomb back inside the ring. Straps then came down. Wardlow hit the symphony, and there we go. He retains the title. So then... He's celebrating when Christian Cage and Luchasaurus appear on the screen. I don't know what was going on, but we couldn't hear Christian or Luchasaurus, so they cut to the back, but we hear the important part. He says, the Wardlow likes dishing out open challenges. Well, how about this coming Saturday, like the debut edition of Collision, which title on the line against Luchasaurus. Christian said, uh, what will happen when Wardlow's new daddy won't be there to save him? And then they showed a bloody Arn Anderson. He was bleeding from his head. And I think it was Excalibur. No, Taz was like, oh, did they throw him down the stairs or something? And there we go. Go. Which source versus Wardlow for the title on Saturday? How many matches do we have announced for Saturday so far? Like five. 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 What are those matches? Because I know it's... Uh... I'm reading right now. TM Punk won in the Luchasaurus. So, that's all I know. As far as Collision does go, in the main event, we do know that it will be CM Punk and FTR taking on Bullet Club Golden Samoa Joe. We also know that Buddy Matthews will be taking on Andrade Alitalo. They also told us that in the tag team action, it will be Sky Blue and Willow Nightingale against Tony Storm and Ruby Soho. For the TNT Championship Online, Wardlow will defend against Luchasaurus, and finally, Miro will be in action. That's everything for Collision. Only thing announced for Rampage is that at the very, very, very end of the show, Excalibur goes, I'm just getting word now from Tony Khan. Uh, Will Ospreay will be in action this Friday on Rampage. Nothing else announced for Rampage. Still, Do they still like do Rampage like right after yes. uh, Dynamite? Yes. 99% of the time, yes. So, like, I, he had to, like, really, like, hurry up, go back to the locker room and... Not necessarily. I mean, he'd get probably, ready. probably give him 20, 30 minutes to go change. Maybe more. It's an hour show, so... And they don't start, like, immediately right away. Because they got to change, like, the ring skirts and the stuff around the ring. So, they got, like, a... Because I know when I was there, it was a good 15-minute buffer between when Dynamite went off the air and they started the, uh, the, the Rampage tapings. Good 10, 15-minute buffer. So, if he's got that buffer... And maybe he's at the end of the show or in the middle of the show. Another 30 minutes to, or more there. He had plenty of time to get changed. As we move forward, video was shown 
of Tanahashi, saying that he wants to challenge MJF for the AEW World Championship. He said that he came very close to winning the title last year, but got beat by John Moxley. We then cut to MJF in the locker room or in the trainer's room, and he's uh, Renee's like, "Hey, so um, just want to let you know, um, Tanahashi, Roshi Tanahashi, wants to challenge you for the AEW World Title at Forbidden Door." And he goes, "Hey, okay, no, I ain't gonna fight nobody from any random rinky-dink indie fed in Japan. I have no show to match before, and I'll do it again. I'll let Tony Khan know." They can book me for it, but I ain't coming. So we'll see how that goes. He says he's not going to show up, but they're promoting the match. One thing I don't like about this is that Tanahashi, he fought for that AEW world title last year and he lost. So now it's like, all right, we're going to do that same thing again this year, but he's like, it's MJF. You couldn't do anybody new. Hey. Beats me. So we had the woman, no, uh, go backstage again. Renee Paquette is with Orange Cassidy. She says, hey, we don't know what's next for you. as a challengers and this and that. And up would come Zack Sabre Jr. He said that he had an idea. Double title match. He wants to be a double champion. Daniel Garcia then walked up and said, hey, where's your buddy uh, Katsuyori Shibata? Cassidy's like, oh, he ain't here right now but he'll be here next week. How about we do a tag match? Me and Shibata against you and Sabre. So it looks like next week it's going to be Katsuyori Shibata and Orange Cassidy against Zack Sabre Jr. and Daniel Garcia. That's an interesting one. I love any time we get to see Shibata. Oh yeah, Shibata is awesome. Then we had the AEW Women's World Championship on the line. It was Tony Storm defending against Sky Blue. They said that Soraya refused to go to Washington, D.C., and in her absence, they had a picture of her on a stick. Okay, cool. Sky Blue started this off really fast, punting Soho on the apron and dropping Storm with a crossbody for a two. Blue gave Storm a taste of her own medicine with a hip attack to the outside. Storm and Soho got up, got up and sprayed Sky Blue's mom in the face with some, some of the, the, the spray paint, I guess it is. Blue then follows up with a dive to the outside, taking out both Storm and Soho, but Storm regained control during a commercial break. Blue did fire back at one point with the head scissors and a step-up knee in the ropes, and it's a kick to the head sent Stormed into the ropes. Storm used a handful of tights to pull Blue to the floor as Soho passed Storm the spray can. Soho then took the ref, but Blue had spray of her own, blinded Storm, and hit the code Blue for a massive reaction. Soho distracted the referee until enough to stall the pin attempt and ate a blue thrust kick. Blue charged and was hung up in the ropes by Storm. Storm then dropped her the Storm Zero and tapped her out with a Texas Cloverleaf. After the match, they tried to attack her some more when Willow Nightingale would run the outcasts off, setting up the tag match for this week on Collision. What do you think of the title match itself? I thought it was okay. Not great. I thought it was too much outside interference. That's what I thought. Always with these girls. Always with them outcast girls. Every women's match now, there's like, yeah, something on the outside always has to happen. Like, what? Come on. I feel like with this match, just felt like, all right, we got to do something with the women tonight, so let's just get it out of the way. Like, that's what, how I kind of felt of it. I can see it. I mean, I, yeah. 
We go to Renee in the back again. And she's with Hook and Jungle Boy. Jungle Boy said that Jungle, the summer of Jungle Book is in Jungle Hook, not Jungle Book. Ain't no Mowgli here. Anyways, he said the summer of Jungle Hook is in full swing. And he said that I've been saying I'm going to win a belt this year and I want to accept Sonata's challenge. He said that he wants to challenge Sonata for the title at Forbidden Door. We get the Nass Hook, his thoughts, but Perry interrupts and says, This came up kind of quick. He said that Hook, excuse me, is his best friend and asked him to be in his corner at Forbidden Door. Hook gave him a fist bump, and I guess that means yes. Also, there was a rumor going around today that Shawn Michaels and Triple H are interested in Hook. Well, that's, a, that's what people in the chat are saying. That's that an interesting WWE one. Is interested. It came from Boozer, so take it with a grain of salt. Boozer gets stuff right when it comes to like what's going to happen on TV, but sometimes when he talks about stuff like this, he's been wrong half the time. Like He, he gets stuff right when it's like, oh, this guy's going to wrestle against this guy on TV, and it's like the day before and it hasn't been announced yet. But there's been times where he's got stuff wrong when it comes to something like this. So that's why I say... For this, take it with a grain of salt. If he's saying something like, oh, Cody's going to fight so-and-so on Raw Monday, I'd believe that. But he said that, I, I guess, guess you'd have to, like, you'd have to put him down to NXT first. You'd have to. Well, yeah, I would assume. But he said, basically, I'll read you the tweet. He said, I think, he said, personally, I think Hook is the easiest catch for WWE at the moment. Taz wants him to go. HBK and H want him. I don't know about his contract, but I believe he could be the first of many. Well, that's an interesting line for him to write. Taz wants him to go. I would think Taz wants him to stay in AEW because... So would I. Hey, I mean, if Taz thinks WWE is a better place for him because... Honestly, I think he can learn and grow better in WWE if they put him at the Performance Center and in NXT. I think he would have a better chance of growing and not just being so one-dimensional. I think that would be a big advantage for him for sure. He can learn to do a lot more than what he's doing right now. Exactly. <clears throat> he's doing a lot of the same moves in the ring. I feel like he can like learn to do more things in WWE. So then we move on to our main event. Excuse me. I'm like half asleep right now. Then we move on to our main event. Give me one second. I forgot the Twitch poll here. What did you think of tonight's Dynamite? I liked it. I liked it. It was all right. I didn't. All right. There we go. Twitch poll is live. As far as the main event itself does go, it was the Elite, the Young Bucks, and Hangman Page against John Moxley, Claudio Castagnoli, and Wheeler Yuta. Fun match, but just like I said with the eight-man tag earlier, just a bunch of crap going on, just a bunch of spots, and just a little too much for my liking, like too much for my dumb pea brain to follow sometimes. Brian Danielson was on commentary. The Young Bucks came out dressing like cowboys with chandeliers from their heads. 
And talking that when they announced like E Man and the Young Bucks surprise, they called them the Elite and not the Hung Bucks. Well, they did both because in their promo last week, challenging, they called themselves the Hung Bucks. Like during their entrance, they just said the Elite. Right. Because that's normally when it's them three, it's like that's the Hung Bucks. Right. I get that. But I think the whole thing is it's the elite versus the BCC. It's the overall the elite. And so they don't want to confuse anybody going, oh, Kenny's not involved anymore. You know, there, there might be something to think that. You never know. Um, so the elite hit triple super kicks early on to send the BCC to the outside where Matt laid out Yuta with a powerbomb on the edge of the apron. Nick and Paige took out Moxley and Claudio with dives. Nick hit a springboard face buster to Moxley, but as he tried a moonsault to the floor, Claudio caught him with a slam. Matt hit a huge crossbody to the floor to take out Claudio, uh, Moxley and Claudio, but was dropped with a Utah German suplex. It's a burping for some reason. You ever burp this much from Gatorade? Uh, not really, no. Yeah, I don't know why I can't stop burping. All I had was Gatorade all day. That's weird. Moxley fought back with a King Kong lariat on Nick, who remained isolated during a commercial break. A Nick got the hot tag at one point to Paige, as Danielson pointed out how something could be wrong with Moxley's arm or elbow, as he was clutching it pretty big. And I, I thought the same thing. He looked hurt. I'm like, hopefully he's not. But then he came back like five minutes later, because he, he sat on the outside for a while. When about five minutes later, he came back and was using both arms again. So I don't know if maybe he aggravated something and he just needed to let it chill out. I don't know. But cool. He seems okay. Um, Where was I? Moxley and Claudio connected at one point with the Doomsday device on Matt as Moxley sank into a rear naked choke. But Nick hit a swanton bomb to break it all up. Claudio no-sold a super kick and just flattened Matt, leading to a rocket launcher attempt by Yuta, but Matt got the knees. Super kick party commenced as Paige made the tag, laid out Yuta with pop-up powerbomb as the Bucks hit a BTE trigger while Paige finished him off with the Buckshot Lariat to pick up the victory. So the Elite are, are celebrating in the ring when Claudio jumps in and goes on the attack. Moxley also then jumps in and goes on the attack as well. This is when all of a sudden... Eddie Kingston would run out of nowhere out into the ring and attack Claudio because those two were feuding on Ring of Honor, if you didn't know. A lot of people probably didn't. Claudio's the hurt. Watch Ring of Honor. Yeah, so let me go back and check really fast. Uh, Eddie Kingston. Because I know Eddie Kingston was supposed to challenge Claudio for... Yeah. So back on... March 31st, Claudio defeated Eddie Kingston in a 20-minute match with the ROH world title on the line. Eddie Kingston then ended up having to have surgery. For I don't think he was hurt in that match. I think it was for an injury that he had been dealing with. But Claudio won. Kingston lost, and now he just wants to go after Claudio again? Okay. I mean, I'm just going to say it. Ring of Honor is the new dark, dark elevation. There's like 12 matches announced for Thursday's show. They, I also noticed they always do like random title matches on Ring of Honor. Yeah. Well, because they, that's always, 
because their their pay per views are so lot far in the and past few. for dark. So well, yeah, and then also their their pay per views are far and few between. So, but Kingston comes out and attacks Claudio. They brawl. Yuta sends him packing until Moxley and Kingston face off. The Bucks then attack Moxley, and they have a little scuffle until Takeshita runs down and attacks Kingston. Don't know why he attacked Kingston. This then led to Kenny Omega coming out, him and Takeshita brawling. He gets the better of Takeshita. Will Ospreay then comes out, gets the best of Omega, lays Omega out, gets holy shit, uh, shit chance. And then as he is standing over um, Omega, they let us know that Will Ospreay will be on... Rampage this coming Friday. He then hits Omega with a hidden blade, and the show goes off the air. So there we go. And that is how Dynamite went off the air. Excuse me. So now what I assume for uh, for Vendor is probably just going to be like Hangman, the Young Bucks, Eddie Kingston against BCC and uh, someone from New Japan, which I assume is going to be that guy that teamed with them at Show to shoot, show to Umino. Yeah, possible. I wouldn't hate it. So as far as lineups do go, as far as Rampage does go, all we know Will Ospreay. As far as Collision does go, we already run it down, but we'll do it again. Uh, CM Punk and the AW Tag Team Champions FTR will team up against Switchblade Jay White, Juice Robinson, and the Ring of Honor Television Champion Samoa Joe. Wardlow will defend the TNT Championship against Luchasaurus. Miro will be in action. Buddy Murphy will be taking on Andrade Alidolo. Sky Blue and the NJPW Strong Women's Champion Willow Nightingale will team up to take on the AW Women's Champion Tony Storm and Ruby Soho. Also next week on AEW Dynamite, we do know the international champion Orange Cassidy will team with the Ring of Honor Pure Champion Katsuyori Shibata against the NJPW Television Champion Zack Sabre Jr. and Daniel Garcia. Also, as far as Forbidden Door does go. Four matches have so far been announced for Forbidden Door. First off, we do know that the IWGP World Championship will be on the line when Sonata defends against Jack Perry. The AEW World Championship will be on the line when MJF defends against Hiroshi Tanahashi. The IWGP US Heavyweight Championship will be on the line when Kenny Omega defends against Will Ospreay. And finally, in what they are calling a big-ass dream match, Brian Danielson will be taking on Kazuchika Okada. That's everything we know. Going forward for AEW. We forget to talk about that backstage Orange Cassidy, Cassidy thing. Mm-mm. No, the whole thing when they set up the match with Shibata and Zack Sabre and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, no. I remember talking about it because I ended it by saying, I love any time we can see Shibata. And then you said, yeah, I love, oh, Shibata. Yeah, right. I love watching Shibata or something like that. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, so we, we talked about it. So with that, everyone thinks, everybody thinks it's going to be like Cassidy versus Zack Sabre Jr. for that international title at Forbidden Door. So I hope it's only for the international title and not the international and the TV title. Because, well, it can be for both. The TV title has got that whole 15 minutes or less time thing on it. But I can see it being for both because he said double champions, so maybe... Orange Cassidy would be like, ah, well, no. Because I don't want to see either guy lose their belt, if I'm going to be completely honest. Like, okay, Zach wins, and he's the international champion. How often is he going to show up in AEW to defend it? And same with Orange. Orange wins, and maybe he's the the TV champion. How often is he going to defend that title? So maybe it is only for the international championship and Orange wins. 
unless they like go a route where like Zach Sabre Jr. wins and he's like, you know what? I'm gonna relinquish the belt and just like focus on like New Japan stuff. Yeah, maybe. And then they just do a battle royal winner wins that international belt. But with that, that is everything that did take place tonight on AEW Dynamite. You know what we thought? Oh, decide we thought of the show. Now it's time to hear what you guys thought. So let's go and refresh them polls. As far as the Twitter poll does go. 73% liked the show. 19% thought it was just all right. And 7% did not like it. As far as the Twitch poll does go, 60% liked the show. 40% thought it was just all right. Looking at the YouTube community poll. 76% liked the show, 10% thought it was just alright, and 14% did not like it. Some of the comments here, this one said, great episode, 8 out of 10. This one said, one of the best Dynamites I've seen in months. Another person said, tonight's AEW Dynamite was great. Um, this one said, Adam Cole should have gotten his extra five minutes. No, storyline-wise, he shouldn't. Because why would MJF, being the smarmy heel that he is, give him extra time? If the rule is 30-minute time limit, hey, you know, bend in the rules. And finally, the YouTube live poll. 72% liked the show, 20% thought it was just all right, and 8% did not like it. With that, guys, I want to say thank you for joining us here. Twitch.tv forward slash PWUnlimited, YouTube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited, and podcast services all around the globe like Stitcher, Spotify, Google Pod, Apple Pod, Anchor, iHeartRadio, and so much more. Luke, tell them where they can find you. You can find me over at Twitter at Petkey underscore 21, and you can also find me over at Twitch at the Luke Petkey. With that, guys, have a great rest of your Wednesday. Have a great rest of your week. We'll see you back here on Friday morning for the wrestling wrap up. Friday evening for Friday Night SmackDown, and I'll even be doing a review of Collision Saturday night. So we've got you all the rest of this week, sorta. With that, guys, have a great rest of your night, and we'll see you next time. Have a good one, guys.